Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Baco Sports Report on the Live from Lake Balfour podcast network. An enormous 14th basketball victory today, the first time in 13 years that Baco has won the 14th championship. An action-packed episode coming up, breaking down every aspect of the game. We have interviews from the players, we'll have analysis, blow by blow. Everything is coming up in this episode, so stay tuned. All right, I'm pleased now to be joined by four of the star players from the team. We have Matt Hellman, Eli Greenberger, Jaden Fisher-Dane, and Miles Samuel. So, guys, we're now just a couple hours removed from your championship victory. So how are you guys feeling? Feeling great. Yeah, pretty good. Very solid win for the team, for Bacon. Yeah, so that was definitely a great win. What, what did it feel like when you guys stormed the court? Was it like relief or excitement? Like what was going through your mind when the final buzzer sounded and you guys just won it all? A lot of emotions at once, you know, happiness, excitement, relief, all of the above. Yeah. It's a feeling that you don't get a lot during your Baco career. Yeah, that was one of the most exciting moments of my summer. Um, you know, there's everyone storming the court after a huge victory. You know, we only won by like five points. So it was, it was a tough game and it was just great for us to come away with a win. Yeah, so Eli, I'll start with you. So, you know, you were obviously the leading scorer of this game. You have 25 points. What does it feel like to put up such a dominant effort? You just completely out-physical all the players on the other team. You were a lot bigger than them, and you were just muscling your way into the paint. So what did it feel like to just, you know, just run it up their throats against Brant? Um, well, my teammates were giving me good looks all game, and, you know, I guess I just made open layups and made open shots and uh, ended up with that many points, I guess. Yeah, so, you know, Jaden, you obviously hit a few. Eli was the leading scorer, but you probably hit the biggest shot of the game, that three-pointer. You know, Brant cuts it to six points, and all of a sudden they were kind of just, like, creeping around, especially in that second half. They were sort of just creeping in there, and you come down and you nail that three, flip behind the line. What did it feel like when that shot went in, knowing you gave your team such an enormous lead? Um, that, was, that was probably the greatest moment of my life right there. Like, that three going in, um, everyone going wild, you know, that really that really gave us that really gave us a nice lead with, like, two minutes left. Um, yeah, that shot was huge. You know, after Brant kind of went on a, on a crazy run where we just couldn't hit shots and they were, they were hitting all sorts of layups and threes. Um, so it was good just to get back in that rhythm for, for everyone. Yeah, so how was your mindset? I guess all of you guys could probably answer this. When you guys were kind of up, you come out to that enormous 12-point lead just like three minutes into the game. Like, how do you stay focused after you break into this huge lead? And it's kind of the same thing that happens in the 16th, happened in the 16th final where you guys went to the huge lead. You know, the crowd at Baco obviously was going just ruckus. Like, how do you guys maintain your focus level there and not let it get to you when you're up by so much so early? I think... Um, so, you know, like, hitting, hitting big shots early, you know, that gave everyone a little more confidence to just, like, keep shooting, not being hesitant, um, you know. And then when we came out with our press, we got quick steals. And so, you know, they definitely got scared real quick. Like, they, they knew that we weren't messing around. So um, hitting those big shots early, and then we just maintained it for the rest of the game. Yeah, so they were creeping around there, especially in the second half. They made a lot of, like, really tough layups. They're like, I thought you guys played good defense all the game, but they were making some tough layups. So how do you guys make sure to respond to those? Because those layups, they were making some shots that were just like some circus shots that 
you, and they were kind of just creeping around with it. So were you guys feeling like confident, like, oh, they're only making like shots that they're not going to make a lot more again? Or were you just like, well, they're making these shots and hanging around, and if they start making threes or higher percentage looks, then we're really in trouble? You know, going into the game, we felt that we were probably a better team, more skilled team, maybe more athletic. Um, but um, <laughs> the way they hit all those tough and almost lucky shots, it was yeah. nerve-wracking after a while, seeing a few of them fall in and then the game getting closer and closer because we had a big lead at first. Yeah, well, there were points in that second half where, like, they, they really just took advantage. Like, they played really good defense, and we, we just, like, the ball didn't move, and there was a lot of just one-on-one -on -one by everyone. Everyone was, like, missing shots, and then in transition, they were hitting a lot of layups. So they cut that down from, like, a 15-point lead to, like, a to almost like a five- or six-point lead. And then, you know, at that point, we just had to respond. It's like, we're either going to let this game go, or we're just going to come back strong and win. Yeah, and you just got to... I felt like we had to keep our cool and like stay focused and our shots were going to go in and eventually they stopped making those crazy shots and getting those opportunities. Yeah, you definitely knew that they were going to regress to the mean eventually, but it was just like they were kind of just hanging in there. So also, you know, how do you guys feel about like how the crowd played into it? Because you're at Baco. I mean, we saw a tournament. Obviously, you guys were playing in the night game just the night before against Brandt at their super hostile environment. That was the 15th night game, just the night before. Now you come back to Baco. How do you think the crowd plays into the game, both because it's obviously hostile for the other team, but also it could be more nerve-wracking if you're knowing how many eyes are on you? I actually feel like it's a big game-changer, either your home or your way, because I feel like we came out strong. The crowd was loud, and they were cheering hard. And they kind of died out for a little bit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that's kind of when the other team started to go on a run. And I feel like playing away at Brandt, it's, it's harder to rally up against a crowd so against you. Yeah, also I feel like it's, they, they had their rally. like They kind of made their run in the mid-second half. But not having the crowd behind them for Brandt's side also definitely played a factor. Yeah, I think that if, you know, if the game was at Brandt, it might have gone a different way. But... You know, the crowd definitely kept us in the game when Brand went on uh, their run in the second half and cut it to four or five or whatever it was. But the crowd kept us in it, and we were able to hit big shots, and they erupted after every single one of them. Yeah, definitely those big shots at the end. And then you guys had the free throws at the end of the game. So how do you think the free throws, like, what's your mindset going to those shots? Because obviously there are things you practice. Eli, you made a couple big ones there at the end. You had some nice swishes in there. So what's your mindset going to those shots? Like, are you, like, confident in yourself in that position, or you just, like, don't screw it up? Yeah, you just got to walk up with confidence, you know, drown out all the noise, all the crowd noise. Hopefully it'll be quiet. Um, you just focus on the rim, do your routine, and shoot the ball. Yeah, your late, all your guys had great late game clutch shots, clutch free throws. That definitely played a big part. What do you think your experience playing? Obviously, Eli, you played the entire game of the 16th final. So what do you think your experience going up against guys with tougher competition um, played when you now face people who are less physical in this game? Um, it definitely makes it a little easier knowing that you've been in a situation against tougher competition. Um and then you get to not as tough competition, and it seems, you know, not easier, but 
you could one could say easier right. to score and just in overall in the game. Right. So yeah, obviously 16s did help. And definitely from a viewer's perspective, watching the 16s final and the 15s night game, like when Eli plays against taller, stronger players, it's harder for him to score when he's playing against younger, weaker, shorter players. Right, and Miles, it definitely plays a factor for you too because like when you're playing against these people, you're the big, obviously, inside, and you played physical today. You got a lot of tough rebounds inside. So, like, what's what, how are you feeling going to these types of games, knowing that you play, you're playing in senior leagues, you're playing against people who are much taller, and then you go into these games, and you're basically the biggest guy on the court? I feel like I know what my role is. My role is to grab the board, grab the rebound, so I just play my role, and everybody does their part. That's how we got the win. Yeah, it was definitely a team. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, you guys got out to the super hot start. Then you guys kind of went into a little bit of a lull. You had some foul trouble. What do you think was happening there with the team? You guys started not moving the ball as much. How do you think you got into that place? And then how do you think you ultimately came out the other side and went on to win the game? I mean, I think that once we start to get a little bit of trouble scoring, we stop pressing. And the press definitely gives us a lot of momentum definitely. and gives us many opportunities to score off of steals and many stuff like that. Going on top of what Hillman said, I think momentum is a huge part of any sports game. And we picked up a couple of quick fouls early and lost some momentum at first. We had to take off the press because we weren't making shots. We went on a yeah. dry spell and we lost momentum. And then that was the turning point where... Yeah, the press was definitely a huge aspect. You guys all got a, a lot of steals, especially early. That's really what helped you get out to that enormous lead early because of all the steals you were able to get off that press. So was that your was that your coach's idea? Whose idea was that coming into the game that you were going to go out and press? And, like, it totally worked to perfection early. Yeah, shout-out to Max Goldstein. You know, that was a great, coach, great yeah. decision, great coach, great guy. You should get to know him. Yeah, that was definitely a great call. What I mean, the press was obviously huge momentum, but once you went away from the press, I thought your defense was pretty good too. You were just giving up those layups that were like difficult shots. You had to give them some credit. I thought they played pretty well. Obviously, they were a stronger opponent than you guys have played in past years. You guys won by over 30 points and 12s against a similar team. They got a little better, so did they play better than you expected? Were you expecting to play a tough opponent? Obviously, you guys were favored, but was this better than you thought they'd play against you? I think it was very unexpected of how much, of how well they played better than we thought they were going to play, and... (laughs) 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 Yeah, and now you guys, you guys have won 11s, you guys have won 12s, you broke that streak of losing for Baco. You won 13s. You broke that incredibly long, over 30-year streak for Baco. Now you went 14s, and you break that 13-year streak. So how does it feel to keep breaking all these streaks, to keep winning? I mean, you guys just keep winning. That's really all you know. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's great that we've been winning, but I feel like we got to keep our mind set because... Classic brand bring in good kids as they get older. Yeah, I mean, you know, 12s, we won by a lot. 13s, we won by, like, less than we won by 12s. We still won by a lot. And this year they came to play. 
So you know, next year we got to be ready for them to be, for them to like come in and just like play a sick game. So we just got to step up to that too, and then hopefully we can win there. And then like going ahead in sixteens, we want to win that too. Um, so we just want to keep on going and keep the way we've been playing. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty cool to keep winning. All right, so you guys enjoy the victory. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, and now I'm pleased to be joined by Ethan Lairfeld. Obviously, you guys know him by now. Great analysis about Vega Sports. So, Lairfeld, what was your initial reactions to the 14th victory? Well, you know, at the beginning, it looked like Brandt was about to get smoked. 16-3, um, there were about, I guess, three straight possessions where they scored off of the press. It was not looking good for Brandt at the beginning. But they, yeah. but they battled their way back, but... Baco also did a good job of making sure they scored every time Grant scored and sort of keeping it at that eight, seven, six-point distance throughout the whole game. And it paid off for them at the end. Um, it was a very even game, definitely. Yeah, well, I think it was interesting because obviously Baco, this age group, um, with guys like Eli, with guys like JFD, guys like Miles, you know, throughout the years, they have won all these tournaments. They're big-time players around camp. And there's an expectation that, especially against this Brant age group, who's notoriously, as we talked about in the preview podcast, a weaker Brant basketball age group, there's kind of an expectation that they are going to crush the opponent when they come out to that enormous lead at the beginning. Totally. The crowd is jumping up and down. They're going ballistic. You know, The energy, when Brant calls that time out there, is just through the roof. And it's like, this is going to be a demolition. And then... To have Baco kind of go on that cold streak there and to have Brant slowly, just very slowly creep back into that game, I thought it was really fascinating to see. And definitely there was a lot of murmuring in the crowd, like, let's keep this here. Like, it feels like Brant's going to come it, on the run. They scored 7 straight. It got to 16 to 10. And then after that, after Brant went on a little seven point run, it was very much an even game. Uh, they scored, Baco scored, they scored, Baco scored. There were some long scoring droughts too on both sides, but it was a very even yeah, game. Yeah, I would say after the yeah. initial kind of jolt by Baco, which was definitely spurned by the press, and we'll get into the details of the press later that worked to perfection, I would definitely say that it was an evenly played game. Baco got a lot of layups at the rim, and I generally think that the score probably is not indicative of. Baco's dominance over this game because it was Baco only a two point game. I mean, there was that meaningless three at the end, but like, right. yeah, it was a close game. You know, no, it was definitely a close game, but what I'm saying is, I think that guys like Eli got a lot of easy layoffs at the rim because he's just very physical and he's big. They definitely and he's just agile and he got to the rim at will. And I think the Brant players really struggled to get up good shots and give them credit, especially. One of their players, the point guard, was making a lot of tough shots inside, but those shots are lower percentage looks, and Brant kind of just crept around, and when it looked like with about four minutes to go, they were going to make their run, JFD just you know, went back a foot behind the three-point line from the left wing, and he just rained the three-pointer, and that was probably the biggest shot of the game because it really gave Baco that extra push because I feel like I'm not, you could feel this in the crowd too. It was kind of like Baco was like, okay, like, Let's hold on to this. Let's hold on to this. Like, Baker was kind of just hanging on for two That shot light. was very much a and heat then, check for Brandt. Yes. Yeah. And then JFD comes in. He hits that shot. And it's like, okay, we got this. Yeah. You know, um, 
credit to Brandt, you know, after, you know, JFD, uh, Eli, and, you know, Beef Stew really feasted in the first couple minutes of, uh, you know, the game, Brandt really toughened up their interior defense. They made it a lot tougher for JFD and Eli to really go inside. And they had to resort to taking some jump shots. Eli started to hit some jump shots. JFD hit, I think, three really big threes late in the second half. Um, but Baco adapted. You know, when you, you when interior defense gets toughened up, you got to start to shoot well. And they did start to shoot well. Yeah, and I would agree. I think another aspect of this game that's really important was the foul trouble, especially on Baco's side. They went to one-on-one very early, yeah. Right. Yeah, so not only the one-on-one, but also... Um, a lot of players on the team, guys like Eli, guys like JFD, were battling foul trouble throughout the game, and ultimately, and Miles too, and ultimately, um, it led to, you know, a lot of them sitting, and also a guy like Hillman, who was really active on the press defensively, um, he ultimately fouled out of this game because he was so aggressive on defense, and I think Baker's aggression was obviously huge early in the game as we talked about with that press. But at the same time, Lairfeld, I think it also limited them once they got into foul trouble with that aggressive mentality on defense. Yeah, foul trouble was definitely an issue. Um, but, you know, when you get in foul trouble, you have to fight through it, and that's what Baco did. They, uh, you know, they just fight through the foul trouble. I think they cut down the, some of the fouls late in the game, and they just kept holding strong. They weren't necessarily pulling away, but they kept holding strong, and they eventually came away with a W. Right, so, and that's, yeah. that's definitely the key. They've been in a lot of close games throughout these guys' careers. Obviously not necessarily in the 12th and 13th finals, but these guys have all played up. They played in a really tight night game the night before, the 15th night game at Brandt, some of them at least. And they've played 16s. They've played up. And I think that that experience playing in those tight games and just knowing what that atmosphere feels like was definitely important to know how to not be phased by all the pressure and I think the crowd was Absolutely. really key in that too, and supporting them on. What, yeah, watching JFD and you know Eli and Miles in sixteens, for almost every game until their fourteens run. Now you almost see them gradually get more comfortable. JFD struggled a bit in the night game for sixteens, played a bit better in the tournament. Really played good today. Eli really played good in 16s in the final of two games and really ended up playing good today in the final two games. So you definitely see the progression of sort of easing into it. Okay, here's the big stage. Here's, you know, what I've got to do. Here's, you know... Right, and of course, also, as you play in front of... And that's one of the interesting parts of the schedule just that happens every year here at Baker with the inner camps is that you get a lot of the older tournaments and night games and things like that in earlier in the summer. And then things like the 14th tournament, and these kinds of games happen later in the summer. So those guys who are playing up kind of get that experience earlier. And obviously guys like Eli, we saw those, those holes become wider. He's dribbling through people in a way that 16-year-olds are not getting dribbled through, and he can take advantage of that. And a guy like JT, she has a lot more open shots. JT came out of the gate, nailed that JT would JT was not making those shots that he took today in the 16th night game, and that really goes to show... I guess his progression is sort of easing in, definitely. Yeah, and he, he had a few huge shots in that game. Um, so I want to go back to the press that we were we alluded to at the beginning of the game because I think that was really the key because Brant Lake really struggled to break that press early. Yeah. And I think once Baker got the foul trouble, they really started to shy away from that press. And I think that might be one of the reasons why they were able to creep back to this, this game. But I think that it is an interesting dilemma that the Baker coaching staff faced and 
we can discuss whether or not they made the right choice in this game because they got out to the huge lead. They're pressing, right? And then they get into foul trouble and they kind of back off. And that reduction in the aggression that they had really is what led to Brant creeping back in this game. But at the same time, they really had no choice but to do that because if they weren't going to do that, they might have fouled out earlier. So do you think that the Baker coaching staff might have made the right choice to lay off even at the cost of maybe losing some and Definitely. Fouls are a killer to any team that wants to pursue a press-heavy defense. And when you, when you get fouls, you've just got to start playing normal D, which they did. Um, they were very, very good with, us, with stopping branch shooters. Um, and they were also very good in uh, interior-wise, although Brandt did get some easy layups. They were also some very tough shots, which were really well defended, which Brandt just put in. But I think even though the final score is 54 to 52, which may seem high, I don't think that's indicative of how well Baco played defense. Today. I would agree with that. I think that Baco played a terrific game defensively, especially, especially Miles. Especially on fast breaks. I yeah. Did not, yeah, I do not think Brandt got a ton of fast breaks. Yeah, I would say Miles was great inside defensively, grabbing a lot of rebounds, and definitely just defending at the rim was huge. This team had great chemistry defensively. You can see how long they played together, and a guy like Hillman to come in and kind of anchor that defense, even though he ends up fouling out at the end. You know, he played great defense throughout the game, especially up top. Hillman was really good, you know, on, on the press on the right and left corners. You know, he was really smothering them every time. Same thing with the rest of the defense. Yeah, the defense in this game was enormous for them, kind of holding through, especially through those dry spells when they couldn't really find any good shots. They're forcing up a lot of contested mid-range shots, which has aren't high percentage looks. The defense has really got them through those moments and was able to keep them in until a guy like JFD can hit the big shots. Eli starts getting to the rim with ease. And it kind of, so the defense really helped them through the game. Brent went on a lot of runs where they were, you know, getting offensive rebounds, driving it in, making, you know, making layups. And the defense did a great job of making sure those runs never eclipsed Baco's lead, making sure those runs never truly took, took off, you know what I mean? Keeping it steady until, uh, you know, until the final moments. And there's one other player who I really wanted to mention. Beef Stew had a terrific game, especially on the offensive plays. He was just enormous. Not Obviously, we knew he was going to get some run in this game, but the extent of the minutes he played and just how quality those minutes were was really an unexpected boost. As I mentioned on the offensive glass, him and Miles and the offensive glass together were just dominant, and that really played a big role because Baker was getting to the rim a lot, but they were missing some contested layups. And to get those second chance points, especially when they were struggling so mightily for offense in that second half, was enormous. Yeah, Beef had five really big rebounds in the second half and a lot of big offensive rebounds, and he played excellent transition too. Throughout the day, and maybe more so in pool play, he was really getting out there in transition and just taking it himself and putting it in there. I think there were about maybe four or so times throughout the day where I saw him just get the ball at half court and just take it in and make it a really tough contested layup. It was definitely surprising. I didn't expect Beef to really play that well in the tournament, but he did. He, put, he really got a lot better, and he really put up some really good play today. Yeah, definitely. I think... And that, that it was just a terrific performance, which leads me to my last point of the day that I want to leave off on, which is just Baco's basketball renaissance in general. This age group, I think, really sums up just the level of dominance that Baco has right now on an Adirondack camp basketball that <coughs> it just flat out did not possess a few, just a few years ago. I mean, 
when you look at this age group, as I mentioned before, to win tournaments each of their four years playing in them now, and just in general, now Baker's won 16s. I mean, it's really crazy to see now. Yeah. Baker seems like it's turning into one of the elite camps now for basketball. Baker was always really sort of second fiddle, and now I think it's sort of taking over. But Brand is still putting out, I mean, if you watch the game today, very competitive teams. They'll probably end up winning a basketball tournament this year. They put out a very competitive team in 16, so... I don't think it's as much brand declining. I think brand teams are still good. I think it's really the Baco basketball program just, uh, you know, getting better. But, you know, I, while I do think there's dominance, I still do think that, you know, Brico has not fully taken over yet. I would agree. I just think there's a change in mindset. But I do mindset. think that Baco is now maybe even neck and neck with France. I would say there's definitely been a, I feel like over the last just even one or two summers at camp, there's been a change in mindset from oh, Brant, like, who we could beat Brant, like, it's an upset if we beat Brant, and now, like, oh, like, Brant, like, we could beat them, like, it's neck and neck, and I think that's definitely something subconscious, but I also think it's huge, because... Bigo hasn't had that mentality since really the, the mid to early 2000s, yeah. I would agree with that, I mean, it's just, like, it's, we don't really see Brant at this point, and it's not any one team or any one person who is thinking this, it's just really the Kings mindset as a whole is not seeing Brant as some superior force, but I think just seeing them as kind of just another team who we're on a similar level with just really changes the attitude. I mean, we even saw these players here. Like, it was just like, oh, Brant, like, we're Baker. Like, they knew the, they were the better team, and I think that's a mindset that gives them enormous confidence, and that's something as a camp that just didn't exist just a couple of years ago. Definitely. Um, I think the Baco basketball program, at least, from now is, you know, on the up and up, definitely, but right, like even my we should we shouldn't expect smooth sailing though. Right. You know we've got to fight really fight with these brand guys who are, are very scrappy. Right, and but like always try to get back into mm -hmm. the game when they get out. Yeah, like even my first summer at camp, we didn't win one basketball tournament. I've already won fourteens and sixteens tournaments that we'd struggled to win for so summer, many years. Yeah. In the same summer is just absurd to even fathom and. Now we see this, and it's really just a terrific program filled with great players. There's a lot of hard yeah, work. I, I really credit, you know, Danny Silver and a lot of these coaches, uh, these young coaches. I mean, the, Dan Dan and uh, Gold, Max Goldstein, they're, I think they're, they're around 19 years old yeah. or something like that. They are really, the coaching ability has really stepped up, um, and I think that's a really big part of why Baco has yeah, definitely, so much better. Definitely basketball looking great right now at Baco. And all right, that'll conclude the Bake Up Sports Report today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank we you will guys. be back on Thursday for a Jacob's Cup recap, which is happening tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Thank you to all our guests. And thank you to Ethan Lairfeld for coming on. As always, I'm your host, Maddie Wasserman, saying so long. We will see you next time on the Bake Up Sports Report.